My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On TalkSport. This is a fight night special on TalkSport in association with BT Sport Box Office. You can catch the Tyson Fury fight versus Tom Schwartz live only on BT Box Office this Saturday night. Go to btsport.com for all the details on how to purchase the fight. It is not to be missed. We are live in Las Vegas. I'm Adam Catterall, alongside me, Gareth A. Davis, uh, and we're bringing you a special show this evening, and then on Saturday night, we will be bringing you a three-hour special as we build up towards uh, Fury versus Schwartz at the MGM Grand, and that is where we are at this moment in time, uh, a building that is steeped in history. We seem to be getting away with it at the moment, don't we, Gareth, where we keep going to these buildings steeped in boxing history. Recently, of course, uh, we were uh, out in New York City at Madison Square Garden. We know of all the greats that have donned those halls, and we're in a a very similar situation uh, at the MGM Grand this week, aren't we? Absolutely. I mean, in my career alone, Adam, um, and it's great to be here always, and it's great to be here on this journey with Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King now, who's really kind of starting to create a groove in this city where, and in this venue where, um, you know, Floyd Mayweather, just to go back in, in chronological order, this was the home of Floyd Mayweather. His visage and upper body was on... 29 floors, 30 floors yep. of the mainstay of the green back outside of the MGM for almost a decade. He made it his home here, always fought in Vegas, always fought here twice a year in May and September. He took over the big dates. Um, if a British fans alone we'll see Ricky Hatton came here and fought him Ricky Hatton came here and fought Manny Pacquiao who was at this venue so often as well I was here very many times with Bob Arum but Arum of course took Manny Pacquiao into Asia as well and and around to other places and to 
Dallas Cowboys Stadium, another iconic venue. But there's something special about the MGM Grand Garden Arena. It's not a big venue. It's only 16,000, 17,000, but it has a brilliant atmosphere. Mm. It's got the atmosphere of all the great bands that have played here as well. I mean, I've been to see... Um, Elton John in Vegas, in up in Caesars, and I went to see Fleetwood Mac in that same arena as well. And acoustically, it has brilliant sound. Well, it's, it's a book, it, it's a bucket list venue for a lot of people, isn't it? When, it is. When, when, it is. when you're talking about not everyone venues, comes to fight sports here. That's what I'm saying. People come to music of course. here as well. You, you, know? could, you people like to say, "Oh, I've been to the MGM Grand." Just regarding the transition of boxing becoming Las Vegas becoming boxing's home, right? Because most sports have a home. Boxing has Las Vegas and then everything else. And traditionally, where I'm talking way back now, 1950s, you would think that New York would well, have been it was. the it home was. of boxing. It was. Mainly because TV was there, radio was there, and obviously Madison Square Garden was there. And that's where all the greats like the Muhammad Ali's of this world. But with the way that Las Vegas, in, in, in relative terms compared to what we know in the UK, a very new city. I mean, we're in the middle of a desert and this has just popped up out of nowhere. But it is casino-driven. And as you've just rightly pointed out there, the 90s was a time of Mike Tyson flowing into an Oscar De La Hoya, then flowing into uh, the more modern era of a, of a Mayweather. But the MGM Grand is probably one of the first, that, this and Mandalay Bay, one of the first hotels and arenas that were built specifically for events. If you look at Caesars Palace, Caesars Palace used to put it on outside, didn't they? They used to put it on in the, in the car park. If you look at what is now the Bellagio, they used to put that in the car park. Yeah, they this, did. They did. They the built Hilton, a specific... The Las Vegas Hilton, all these places. That's right. We're talking about the 70s and into the 80s. And Bob Aaron was very involved in Absolutely. this. Absolutely. The four kings fought each other nine times. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hagler, Hearns, uh, Leonard and Duran... Uh, don't need to say their first name. Yes, absolutely. Um, but they fought each other a combination of nine times. Many of the fights were in Vegas. The big fights were here. Like you say, Caesars Palace would specifically build car, um, car park, uh, in the yeah. car park. And we're talking 20,000 stadiums but outside but in the, the car park. Ju just to take you even further back from that, and, and, and it's a very good point you make, because... Madison Square Garden's always been there. Yes. And the New York venues, um, you know, the Yankee Stadium and all these places. Soldier Field, all around the country in America. It, it, what you changed from was there was a time when literally a boxing ring was in a field mm. and they would get 70,000, 80,000 people in a field trying to strain and they would find... Tiered seating, yes, yeah, yeah. There was no tiered seating. No, they tried, yeah, the banks. banks, yeah, yeah. So then they created tiered seating, and we've, like you say, rightly say, we've evolved into a point where, um, right where we're sitting now, we're about 100, 200 metres from the MGM Grand Garden Arena. We're in the David Copperfield Theatre yes. at the moment, where the magic happens. <laughs> nice touch. And Tyson Fury has created plenty of magic already here this week. But in my time working here, and there's already something under construction, like you say, the T-Mobile Arena has yeah. been built across the quad there. That used to be a wasteland over there next to New York, New York. You've got New York, New York, Tropicana, um, Mandalay Bay, um, Luxor, Hooters, Luxor, Luxor and, and the MGM at the southern end of the strip. Yeah. And it's always been the place for, for a little further up was Caesars Palace and those fights further up in, in, in 30, 30 years ago. But they were traditionally hotels first. They were. These, they are, were. these are traditionally but the, events, exactly, but venues. Mandalay, Mandalay built a theatre in theirs that can host venue. Amir Khan, Maidana, it's yes. my mocks, Maidana springs to mind. Yes. As a thrilling fight that was. Um, but T-Mobile's been built and that has kind of replaced the MGM for now mm. because it's an MGM resort as it's well. It's bigger as well. And it's bigger. 20, it's five more thousand people. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, obviously, I think uh, ice hockey's played there as mm. well. 
Um, the media center's not as good. We've got brilliant media centers here. And I only say that not from a selfish point of view, but there are such big halls here that they use the media center. You have a radio row, kind of 20 uh, uh, radio stations strong. And um, you, you have, on any one day, I can remember when um, I was here and it was back in 2007, Joe Calzaghe and Bernard Hopkins were in the same room that day. Mm. And I was right with them. And I was right there when it happened. The fight was made in there. I'll never lose to a white boy, but yeah. Hopkins said. We were there with them. We got the promoters together. Frank's um, uh, chef de mission was here that day. And we got Richard Schaefer together. They didn't know each other properly. We got them together straight after that argument. So things develop. The T-Mobile arena doesn't have that as much. But also, on the other side of the T-Mobile arena, in another quad just over there, there's an NFL football stadium being yes. built at the moment. So this is the heartland for fight sports in Vegas. The big thing about the casinos, as do you, you mentioned... Think, do you think that the MGM Grand specifically as a venue now is the one for a lot of fighters? Because we spoke about Madison Square Garden oh, traditionally no being the one, does. but now is it the it MGM was Grand? 50th, yeah, it was Mayweather's 50th fight. Because Tyson, Tyson had six-fight contract exactly. here with Don King back in the Exactly. 90s, no, it, it is the venue. And before that, it was Caesars Palace. I think yes. Caesars Palace resonates with people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s yeah. as the place where all those great fights were. Um, you know, and, and I think... Um, you know, God, there have been fights here in the past. If you remember, I think it was here where there was so much animosity that there were snipers on the roof. There were snipers on the roof um, to make sure that there wasn't trouble. Um, that I think, for me, there's something... I, I mean, I'm biased because I've, you know, had the last kind of like 25 years coming to America, coming to Vegas, and, and this has been the venue where it was Mayweather's 50th fight here. It was Ricky Hatton fought um, Mayweather here. Ricky Hatton fought Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao yeah. here. Jo um, when Joe Calzaghe fought um, Bernard Hopkins, it was actually in Planet Hollywood um, as they clear our plates away here, as they move us on. Um, the, you know, he fought in... Um, no, he it was in Planet Hollywood, I think, mm. from memory. Well, certainly all the press stuff was I remember Planet Bruno Hollywood. Tyson being at the Hilton. Because the t Bruno Tyson was in the Hilton. Yeah. Look, the point is this. People can come to Vegas. It's an adult playground. There's always things to do. Fans come because they can have a holiday. The, the casinos love the high rollers coming in. The drop, they call it. When a big fight comes to town, the drop will be created. And that's the resonance of money everywhere yeah. else. Well, it's interesting on that. Because a lot of people might not know what goes on behind the scenes of how fights and how Vegas became this thing. is because the casinos, as you've just rightfully said, they love the high rollers. They want the boys to come here and the girls to come here with the millions of pounds and dollars and spend it in their casinos. They do that by investing in events as well. And a lot of boxing that we see now in these major places, i.e. MGM Grand, are funded by the casinos. A lot of casinos put their hand in the pocket in order to bring people to the table in order to make things happen. Yeah, they do, and that's the point. There's, there's, there's very often site fees for bringing... Look, um, imagine you've got 16,000 people going into the arena on Saturday night, and, um, and you've, got, you've got that whole drinking, eating, feeding, shopping. It brings in... Gambling. Gambling. It brings all of that... Um, there's all kinds of things going on that we can't even mention on this show as well that people are trying to gesticulate to me at the moment, which I don't go into. But no, but it, it's an adult playground. So people come here and, you know, traditionally, it, it, it creates great wealth. Some, this, isn't, this is not a fight 
that is going to create great wealth. This is, a f this is a fight that introduces Tyson Fury to Las Vegas. When Ricky Hatton fought Juan Urango, when, when, when he fought some of the other opponents, even Jose Luis Castillo, it was a big fight, but it wasn't one of the big fights. When, when, when Hatton fought Mayweather, when Hatton fought Pacquiao, you could not move in this place for a week here. It's not like that with Tyson Fury at the moment, but it will be if he fights Wilder here. This is the perfect venue for Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder as they build them over the next year mm. to meet. It's a perfect place. And, and people will be watching the fight in ballrooms, in, in hotels along the strip, because you will not be able to get a ticket for the event. But that is, a, a, is, is, a, is about probably a year away. Mm. Um, but this is the perfect venue for, for Tyson Fury to meet Deontay Wilder. Right. Stick with us because we've spoken to Tyson. We're going to hear from him next on the show. Don't go anywhere. This is a Talk Sport special on a Thursday evening. On TalkSport in association with BT Sport Box Office, catch Tyson Fury versus Tom Schwartz live only on BT Sport Box Office this Saturday night. Go to btsport.com for all the details. I'm Adam Cattrall, Gareth A. Davis alongside me. We are live in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand where Fury takes on Schwartz this weekend. Uh, and we've been privileged enough just to have a little bit of a chat with the Gypsy King. Uh, and this is what he had to say. And now, ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the ring, here is the WBC heavyweight challenger and the lineal heavyweight champion of the world from Manchester, England. Please welcome the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. I believe, many believe now, I'm the best of my era. I went to Germany and beat the undefeated Vladimir Klitschko in, in 11 years. Oh, good shot. Big left hook by Fury as Vladimir momentarily lost himself in the ring. Came to America and beat Deontay Wilder. Three minutes to go and Fury is poised. The British fans are already celebrating. Oh, and down he goes. Right hand, left hand. And I don't think he's going to get out. I think it's all over. I think it's over. Is he going to get up? Can he get up? Oh, my goodness. Somehow Fury has managed to get up. The decision is a split decision draw. Having the time off gives people enough time to simmer and, and marinate. Today, the, the Ring magazine put me back at number one where I belong. You don't get it wrong. Right, come on. This is how we're starting. We're starting with the suit. That's what we're starting yeah. with. That is a piece of work, that, my friend. So talk us through it. Talk us down the lapel, who it is. I mean, I've got a guy crossed his arms here like that. Do you know, do you know them one by one individually? All the names are underneath them. Like. Oh, they, oh, they are. Oh, yeah. That's Jem Mace. That's the first ever world heavyweight champion. Jem Mace. Charlie Goldman. He taught uh, Bob Fitzsimmons how to fight. Amazing. Do you, do you design these yourself? Do you come up with the ideas for these yourself? 
I inspire these suits yes. with words, yes. and then my tailor, he makes them for me. So this is one in a million suits, one of a kind, and um, it's on a one of a kind gentleman, <laughs> and um, we're going to keep it that way. Thank you very much. Okay, it's kind of, it works. I mean, you're not wearing a shirt today. You've got your proud, hairy chest out. We've seen it so many times anyway, but yes, <laughs> um, they're beautiful. Um, obviously, but, listening to this, you can't but, 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 he, he flashed it's, the nipple. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, you've got your ring and your cross there. That It's almost doesn't work with a shirt, that suit, does it? Is it designed to be worn without this, a shirt? This shirt was designed for the Gypsy King. The Gypsy King does not do anything to order. He always does things his way. Like Frank Sinatra said, I did it my way. A lot of people will wear a suit with this. My tailor originally said we need a suit with this, but I said, no, we're going to go bare-chested because that's how we roll. You broke with tradition here in the Copperfield Theatre when you kind of decided to start the press conference 15 minutes early today and told the promoters to get their asses down 100%. here. 100%. <laughs> how dare they be late for the Gypsy Kings' first fight in Las Vegas? You know, I got them up here. We started early. We had a bit of fun. It was fun in games. It got a little bit too serious there, so I started to heat it up again, put some spice back on it, a little bit of cayenne pepper, take it to the next level, and here we are today. Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. You, you um, obviously will flick the switch on Saturday night, but you were, you, you've been instrumental in talking about how all the masks are off now. This is the real Tyson Fury. Father, husband, brother, cousin. Uncle. Uncle, all those things. And, that and you, friend. And friend. And you, and you feel all those things in your life at the moment. And you talk to us very poetically really about the relationship with Paris your wife and being a father doing the school run doing so many amazing things that are normal but 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 that you feel you can now share which you couldn't do before and it's and, and, and I do think it's endearing people to you you know you know I'm being myself now and I like the new Tyson Fury. Um, before, I was always wearing a mask, and it's quite fitting that we should talk about this because the name of my book is going to be The Man Behind the Mask. Wow. Why, why that... did you feel that you had to wear a mask previously? Because in boxing, it's like you have to um, either be a controversial character or a fan favourite or an outlaw or a villain. And I always played that role very good. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, was, I was a good villain. I believe they did a good job of being a villain, but there's always comes a chance where the villain always likes to become the nice guy, and, and here we are, me being me, being the real me, and showing the world, and that's second career I've had, this comeback, yeah. has been about me being myself, expressing myself to the people, and, and just enjoying my life one day at a time. That must get heavy. When, you, when you're pretending to be something, like you said, the villain, that must get heavy when you go home, you lock the door, you with the wife and the kids, because it takes a little bit of time to detox from that, doesn't it? But it is a show, but like you say, it takes a little bit of time to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going home and I'm all flamboyant, saying all these things, jumping about, whatever, and then I go home and then it's like, oh, Paris, can you be yourself again, please? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, boss. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but now it's not. Now it's 24-7. Now it's normal. 100%. It's but also, uh, people are enjoying life. you because where, where you were the villain before and your humour might have just gone over the line, now when it goes over the line, it's fun. You closed one of your team down today from making jokes about the Germans, for example. That, that You wouldn't have done that before, maybe. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's... Um, it, it, it's just... Be, but you, you're present. Yeah, you're very aware, I'm is very what aware I mean. aware of you what's know. going on in my surroundings. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not here to mock anybody's country or to mock fighters or do anything. We're here to have fun and entertain. I'm a paid entertainer. And I'm the hottest show in town right now. But Tyson, behind it all, you can do this, you can jape around because you rely on something special when you're in the ring. We were talking to Frank Warren about it. You can do this because you're not a fool in the ring, that's the point. You can't be. 
because that you're built to box. You're a freakishly tall man who has incredible boxing abilities, you know? And you're the tenth you're in the tenth generation of bare knuckle fighters. You know, and yes, you know, you're carrying a lot to there. be here today. Very blessed for us all. Do you do you feel <laughs> <laughs> that you were built for Vegas, hundred percent. We've been chatting about this. Yeah, so much, so much. Even though you're playing so it well down together. at the moment till the fight's over. You yeah, know? I've always been a American TV fighter, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the yeah. vulnerabilities and the um, ups and downs in the fights, and one minute he's up, one minute I'm down, and I've always been made for this and the entertainment side of factor, and and sometimes I, I believe like at home. You can be too confident, and people don't like that. But in America, the more confident you are, the more they like it. I yeah, said yeah. that to Frank just and I'm now. An that you person. will, no, yeah, but yeah. you will. That the Americans, with the chat the, shows, they will like you that. more than the, the Brits. Response, eventually, the response from the American audience with the chat shows that you've been on last week, are you finding the responses very different to maybe with Rich Eisman, for example, on ESPN? Yeah. He was that was you know, brilliant. I'm not going to slate the UK no, uh, not at programs all. and that but it's because a different everybody's response. very understanding on the mental health side and everyone's been very supportive and I appreciate that. Yeah, but you got hammered after Klitschko. That's what I was trying to make yeah, the point when I asked you at the I press conference. I was acting as a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. the real Tyson Fury never got hammered. But you, for a while it you didn't say for a while you didn't say oh I really regret saying those things, but you do now and people see that. It was like, but your head wasn't right at the time. As I was well, a very remember, ill person, you know? and you can't you're be different. held accountable when you're not well. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but we're moving on. We're four years down the line. I'm still handsome. I'm still representing, <laughs> and I'm still tanned. What's yeah. not to like? Exactly that. <laughs> Listen, just before we let you clear off, Saturday night. Yeah. What type of performance are we going to get? Bell, gonna rings, get bell rings. What bell happens? Rings. Hang on. Before that. Before yeah. that. Because when we were in LA, it felt like we were in Benidorm. Oh, now. don't give it all away. Because I've had a little sneak all preview right. of this. All it, right. No, don't okay. ruin it. Because it's special. Are we going to get a party on the way in? Oh, party on the way wow. in. It's party on the way it. out and party all night afterwards. Okay. Me and my friend there, Billy. Let's put it this way. And I've heard it because I got a sneak preview, and I'm not going to break any embargoes. It's, it's good. Huge. Okay then. It so, is huge. So when it comes to business time, when the bell goes, <laughs> what we're going to get? Entertainment. I'm a paid entertainer. I've come here to partner show, and that's what I'll do. You said he's going to. You said you're going to break his ribs and leave him. Yeah, on the I was only stuff. having a little bit of fun with him, and I really don't want to break his ribs or his jaw. He's a handsome, good-looking fella. I want to win and get out there and go for a beer. Top what all good men do. And drink then, beer. And, and then, and then, are you, did you have Wilder on your mind ever? No. Really? I don't have him on my mind. Yeah. I've already conquered that fella. So he, I'm on his mind, but he's not on mine. The only thing that's on my mind is having fun in Vegas and winning the fight on Saturday night. Enjoy. And after, so, that, after yeah. that, we will recalculate, go back to the drawing board and find somebody else. You know, as you say, we got a relationship. I just want to say thank you to you because it's so nice to be on this journey and you're well and we're in Vegas with you. Thank you so much. Thank Gypsy you so King. much. Let's have a party. Uh, thank you for this guy for representing Gypsy King, that's GK. Um, and all the best. God bless and I shall see you all on Saturday night. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This is a fight night special on TalkSport in association with BT Sport Box Office. You can catch Tyson Fury versus Tom Swartz live only on BT Sport Box Office this Saturday. Go to the website, btsport.com for all the details. I'm Adam Cattrall, Gareth A. Davis alongside me. We are at the MGM Grand, um, a place steeped in history when it comes to, uh, to boxing fame and fortune. And at the weekend, Tyson Fury makes his Las Vegas debut at this iconic venue. We're all extremely excited about seeing him do that. And one man that's been there, done that, got the T-shirt and promoted some of the very best fighters in the world is Frank Warren. We caught up with him uh, after the press conference as well yesterday uh, for a little bit of a chinwag about the Gypsy King. Have you ever worked with anybody like this before? <laughs> no, he just takes over. Sorry, no, not at all. He just takes over. Um, he's he's uh, larger than life. His personality just overwhelms everybody. It's amazing, you know, you and Bob were up there doing interviews uh, out in the seats where we all were, all kind of 300 of us here in the Copperfield Theatre in the MGM Grand, and he was like, can you get your asses up here, please, promoters? Yeah. That's not, never happened no. before, is it? Well, normally, that, you know, most boxers don't want to do press conferences. They just want to, you know, they just focus on the fight. They find it all a bit of a chore for them. But Tyson reminds me, have you ever seen that film When We Were Kings and you see yeah. Muhammad Ali in the film and, you know, he sort of... That, Talking, holding court to guys, and he goes off, and next minute he's back again. Yes, yeah. just like Tyson. Yeah, and you know, and not only that though, he arrives today in with no shirt, Gypsy style, Gypsy King style, no shirt, medallion, and the funniest and most entertaining-looking suit you've ever seen at a press conference, with all the the bare knuckle heavyweight champions of the world kind of festooned across it by one of the great designers of of shirts and, and jackets. Yeah. I mean, are you thinking of getting one? I was gonna, I, he said to me I can have it after he's finished with it. I have to get it altered, obviously. No, he's, listen, he, he is. He's larger than life. He knows what to do. He ticks all the boxes. He's, he's, one thing about him is he's on it. And he's, uh, he's very clever in, in the, yeah. way he, the way he takes it over. And he actually puts the other guy in the shadow. So the guy, you know, Schwartz, in a, in a peculiar way, he sort of makes him feel like a bit player in it all. Yeah. I, know, yeah. I, I know that in the press conference we spoke a lot about, obviously, him fighting in the UK and a lot of fans obviously want to see him in the UK because they love him over there but Vegas and Tyson Fury just seems to go well doesn't it? 
Oh, not much. I mean, he's made for it, isn't he? You know, he's a massive personality. This, this is a massive breakout situation for him. You know, he's on this debut on ESPN. We'll put him into a lot of homes in America. Um, tickets have gone extremely well. So when you think about it, at the end of the day, you're talking about a German fighting an Englishman in Vegas. Yeah. But, but what's, what's clever about the camp and Ben Davison, the team is, and even Tyson, when I've spoken to him in the build-up to today and to this week, They've played down Vegas the whole time as well, though, because it's just another fight. Now, the bottom line with all of this, and I did say to Tyson earlier in the week, you're so relaxed at the moment. It's hard to think of you as a guy that's going in with a, another 18-stone bloke who's six foot five trying to knock your head off because he's so relaxed. And in many ways, you know, he's just got to go out there and deliver in boxing terms now because he's producing everything else in droves, isn't he? But it's still down to the performance at the end of the day. Of course it is. He's got to deliver. And this is, this is a massive platform for him. And, uh, you know, at the moment, he's, Ring Magazine made him the number one heavyweight in the world. Rightly so, in my view. Well, I've, I've been so. sa- I've, Do you agree? Oh, 100%. I've been, sa- I've been saying that for, uh, for the last six months. That's you've been saying is. it since about and, 2014, yeah, Frank. And actually. he is. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. And, and that's where he's at. But, you know... Um, this this is his moment. I think you know. Talk about the, you know the history of boxing. It's for him to cement his legacy. Mm. Uh, he obviously got to come through this fight and win his next few. But to be the, I think the 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 fighter of his generation, just like Klitschko was for a number of years. It's Tyson time now. Well, if you were to name those fights, obviously we want to see him fight Deontay Wilder again. Do we want to see him fight Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, Luis Ortiz? All these guys are these the guys? Du- Dubois and could he fight Nathan Gorman? They're related, remember? They're cousins. So fight anybody. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the, the name of the game is is uh, it'll all pan out over the next over the next few years. But one thing about him, and this is all providing he keeps winning. But the one thing about him is that he's not got miles on the clock. Yeah. He's not a fighter who's burnt out. He's a very intelligent boxer, and, and the way he boxes means that he doesn't. You know, he's, he's not he's not racking up the mileage. He's a very very smart smart operator, smart operator in the ring and so forth. But you know, the years to come, you know, you're going to, I think, I think people are going to turn around and remember him for what he was. Just just one final thing, because part of the press conference, uh, Bob was talking about the message that he's got, obviously related back to Ali and forming them their messages that transcended boxing, that lived outside the ring. It is important what he is doing. And I know that you've been doing a lot of work with him in America, obviously, putting him on the chat shows and all that. For therefore, the normal armchair sports fan, not necessarily a boxing fan, gets to see Tyson Fury. Well, that's it. It's about the crossover audience. But that's what happened in the UK. You know, he had that time out from his, you know, all the problems he had. Some were self-inflicted. Some of them were, you know, were unfair. Some unfair things happened to him. But at the end of the day, you know, when he decided to come back, we had a good talk about what the message was going to be and so forth. And you think what happened in less than 12 months in the UK? Mm. He turned around, and become a man of the people. He became the guy that was approachable. It's amazing. And, and We've never seen anyone walk down a city after a fight with 2,000 people <laughs> take over the main street. No. That was Singing his name. something yeah. that I will never ever forget. Yeah. And he says it was the, almost the most love he's ever felt in his life. There's one thing I'd add, and I've been coming here a long time as well. Yeah. I think when Brits come here. And they, we, you know, you know, R- Ricky Hatton resonated here so much. Um, Nazim Hamid resonated. Lennox, Tyson Fury has a greater personality even than all of those people. And in some ways, as a Brit in America, you're given a platform that perhaps you're not given in the UK as well, and particularly in this sport and particularly in this city. So I think, you know, my feeling is he's Vegas made. 
He's made for oh, Vegas, Frank. I mean, he made I for mean, America, made for the chat he'll shows. Make this his, he'll make this his, his town, and he's been doing the chat shows. They love him. Mm. You know, he's been doing it, doing them. All, he's made all the rounds out here. And got to remember, you know, he's obviously got got to come through this fight and look good. But when he gets involved in, hopefully, gets involved in much bigger fights. You know, he's going to be the guy. He'll be the number one out of him. He'll be bigger. He will be bigger in America than Deontay Wilder is in America. Could he be the biggest person you've ever promoted in the next two years? Could that, could yeah, it go could, that big? It could quite possibly happen. It could quite possibly happen. It's going all in, you know, it's all in the right directions. But the key to it all is all the things you're talking about, that's all the peripherals. It all comes about what winning. he does in the ring. Yeah. And the ring is what he's got to focus but, but, but on. The, but he can do that because... He is so talented as a boxer, he can do all the japery in the messing round. He hasn't flicked the switch with Schwartz yet, has he? No. He's no, not flicked no, the switch, no, no. you know? No, he's... Uh, he's so clever in the ring, we know that. He's clever outside he's a freak. the ring. He is. He's a freak. No doubt about it. He in, in the nicest possible way. Yeah. I called him a mad genius the other day, so I hope he didn't take it the wrong way. Because lots of geniuses had that madness. He said, no, 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 I'll take it as a compliment. I don't take it the wrong way, but he's embraced That's what he said to me after. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine as well, yeah. Sometimes when you speak to Frank... He, can, he, he feels sometimes that he's on his guard a little bit and he's just, keep, he's just keeping his wits about him. When he's around Tyson, it's like talking to the original Frank Warren that became a boxing fan, you know what I mean? He's like he's a little boy again. He's lost in the love of the sport and I think Tyson's bringing that out of him. There's a smile on his face as well as seeing a f- smile on the face of Tyson Fury. You can underline it and put it in bold. He knows... Look, Tyson Fury can lose against any other heavyweight. Like, any heavyweight can lose against another heavyweight, yeah? But he knows he's got a diamond in the rough, and he knows he's got the number one heavyweight in the world, Adam. And so... He's acting like that as well, he's Frank. You can tell with his demeanour, he's like going, I've got the man. I'm having a whale of a time. He can talk pure boxing, because in pure boxing terms, there's no doubt about it. You can't argue with it. And, you know, so much of promoting, it's a very creative industry. It's about, you know... Statistics lie, don't they? And when you're a promoter, you're looking for those lines all the time. You know, Bob Arum's brilliant at it. Warren's brilliant yeah. at it. Eddie Hearn's become... He's su- they're all... They, they all Masters you, of spin. Masters, Masters of, spin. of spin. But also, knowing history, being able to make a point about something. We all do it. It's the fight sport language. And I keep repeating this at the moment. There's no book on how you promote. There's no book written. We are watching it. 45 years Frank Warren, 60 years Bob Arum, Eddie Hearn a decade. We are watching and learning from 50 years from his, 45, 50 years from his dad. They are the book. They are the book of promoting. We all add to it. We're all part of it. We, we all suggest things to them. We're all a debate with them. But and modern no, technology has changed as well, yeah. And, and, and Fury has the algorithm. He's the perfect guy to promote. Mm. And... At the moment, at this point in his career, at this point in his life, he's easier to promote than ever before. He doesn't need PRing because he's now doing it to himself. Mm-hmm. One of his teammates started shouting about, you know, there were 10 planes. And, yeah. uh, you know, when Tom Schwartz came on stage, Tyson went, no, come on, none of that today. He didn't want to start the German-English rivalry. Yep. And that's a maturity. That's a maturity about the guy. So Frank Warren needs to just... Wind him up a little bit and let him go. It's like those little cars you used to have when you were a kid. Boom. Interesting, his response as well to your question there about when, when Tyson Fury calls time on his career, do you think you will look back at your time with Tyson Fury as him being the best fighter that you have promoted in your time as a promoter? And he has promoted some of the very, very best. Some, of, some lads that, obviously, I fell in love with boxing back in the 90s, the likes of the Nazim Hamids of this world. Um, 
who was brilliant off the mic, on the mic, should I say, as well as being in the ring. But Tyson Fury is just something else, it seems. Yeah, look, um, Frank Warren's been involved in promoting fights with Mike Tyson in the UK, remember? Hmm. Famously, you know? Um, famous stories that, that have never really come out properly, and we must speak to him about them one day. Um, you know, Frank Bruno was a great triumph for him. There's no fighter that he was able to say, I want to take that guy to America and get him a $108 million deal with a TV network in America who just want him to fight over there. Till two weeks ago, the blue chip guy in the division was Anthony Joshua. Now, if Tyson Fury plays it right and Aaron plays it right and mm. Warren plays it right, look at the vast experience. As I just said to you now, there's over a decade of promoting it, um, a, a hundred years rather, you know, a century, I mean, of promoting between Frank Warren and Bob Arum. And if Tyson Fury produces in the ring, Adam, and, and like doesn't do anything so outlandish the Americans can't deal with it, um, he could become a massive star over here because he can turn it on on chat shows. He can... St- he can start singing. He could appear as the kind of like the villain in movies or like in comedies. There's so much he could do out here in the entertainment landscape because he's got it. Mm. He's got the X factor. Anthony Joshua doesn't have that as a personality. He's a cool, suave, sophisticated hipster. Tyson Fury is the everyman, the traveler, turned vil- from villain to good guy, loves his, his kids, you know, all those things. He's got, he recovers from mental health. You know, he's bigger than the biggest man you've ever seen when he's 400 pounds, you know. And he comes back and he's this kind of lean, lithe, athletic figure that wants to have fun with people. Mm. And wear these outlandish jackets and trousers with, with bare-knuckle fighters on. And Who, no by the way, I've noticed that you uh, made a beeline for uh, Tyson Fury's tailor. I know you've got your own tailor and you're no, very no, respectful to him. I think Tyson Fury's tailor made a beeline for me. Mm. And he wants Actually. to make your waistcoats, your world-famous waistcoats. That's right. I don't know if they're world-famous. <laughs> I like to wear a vest, as yes, they say yes, over here. that's right. No, I d- I, no I've got, I've got so probably ch- 30 So make sure you're following Gareth on social media because he'll have some new clobber for you very, very shortly. For I don't a year know if I'll be as... I, d- I might have to kind of go... I'm, I just like... Um, you, would you ever go I shirtless? Shirtless well, with... Like, like yeah. my vest without Yes, a yes. Little shirtless with a waistcoat, like Tyson does. With a jacket. Okay, no, I'll, I don't, I'll, okay, I don't I'll let you like, think about um, it. As he, put, as he puts on his sunglasses inside. He's, yeah. uh, you're listening to uh, Fight Night here on TalkSport. Do stick with us because uh, we've been catching up with Bob Arum as well. Um, Gareth managed to catch up with him at Top Rank's official offices here in Las Vegas. Uh, on fa- Monday and, and, and it was, wasn't fa- it? Yeah, it was. And fascinatingly, he really wants to talk about Anthony Joshua and why perhaps he shouldn't fight Andy Ruiz next. Well, that's what we'll hear. We'll hear uh, Bob Arum's thoughts on where Anthony Joshua is in this heavyweight division. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Talk Sport. They call you Lady Luck But there is room for doubt This is a fight night special on TalkSport in association with BT Sport Box Office. Catch Tyson Fury versus Tom Schwartz live only on BT Sport Box Office this Saturday night. Go to btsport.com for all the details on how to purchase the fight. It is one not to be missed. The Gypsy King's Las Vegas debut at the MGM Grand, where me and Gareth have been providing this show for you on this Thursday night. Hopefully you've enjoyed it so far. If you've only just joined us, you've missed out on hearing from Tyson Fury and from Frank Warren. It'll be available as a podcast, so you can download it at your free will via iTunes 
uh, and via the TalkSport Are you allowed website. to download podcasts at your own free will these days? Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You just hit the subscribe button <laughs> and they come down in your own free Bing. will. There you go. Uh, we've got one more guest, actually, uh, for you to hear from. And we're going to just change topics slightly. It's still heavyweights. Uh, but the biggest story in the heavyweight division of recent times has been the defeat of Anthony Joshua uh, at the hands of Andy Ruiz. Gareth uh, went to the top rank uh, head offices here in Las Vegas to speak to uh, the aficionado uh, that is Mr. Bob Arum. Uh, and he gave his thoughts uh, on Anthony Joshua and that upset. Well, it's not something that I would have predicted. Uh, the uh, Andy is a pretty good fighter. Uh, like I said, and he has fast hands and good feet, but he has absolutely no punch. I mean, he was in with, uh, I think we gave him 40 wins, and he was in with a lot of guys that couldn't spell fight. And he beat them, but he didn't knock them out. So the fact that he uh, knocked out a fighter like Joshua, who I had seen before, both on television uh, and also uh, uh, in person when he fought uh, Joseph Parker at uh, Carter, uh, it shocked me. It really did. I mean, look, let's be honest about it. Andy Ruiz a lovely, lovely guy, but he's no Klitschko. And if Joshua was able to survive Klitschko, who could punch and come on and knock Klitschko out, how the hell does an Andy Ruiz beat him unless it wasn't Joshua in the ring? Mm. Now, that's something that can happen. Maybe he didn't train hard enough. Maybe he suffered an injury in, in, uh, in sparring, in training. I don't know. But it wasn't Joshua in the ring. And when something like this happens, there may never be Joshua again. For you me, mean in the same way, or do you, can it can diminish that fighter? Can it? Let me give you an example that that really that English boxing fans would understand. We had this great, great welterweight. Really, people were saying that he was going to be better than Sugar Ray Leonard, and he was a champion named Donald Curry, and we put him in the ring with a guy that we wanted to get him a, a victory. Uh, uh, you know, for called Lloyd Hannigan. The ragamuffin. Right. And we gave, and Hannigan was like a 40 to 1 underdog. And Donald Curry didn't show up and got beat by Hannigan. I remember Hannigan and Mickey Duff rolling around on the canvas after the fight. And Curry was never the same. I think he was 25-0 and 0 going into that fight, yeah. something like that. Ranked number one pound for pound, pretty much. Right, and he was brilliant. He had knocked out Milton McCrory, who was a hell of a fighter. Welt, another welterweight champion, knocked him out in the second round. Looked like he was unbeatable. And then Hannigan beat him. And again, Curry never recovered. Mike McCallum then knocked him out. He never was the same fighter. That, unfortunately, is what could happen to Joshua. There's talk, though, of putting him back in straight away of they've, they've kind of triggered the rematch clause, if you like, with Andy Ruiz. They're looking at October, November, or December in Cardiff. Um, do you have a different perspective on it? Would you not risk putting him back in with the same guy? It's the dumbest thing from the standpoint of a young fighter, which... 
Joshua was relatively young. A young fighter who you want to bring back and recover. The idea that you would put him in with Andy Ruiz again is insane, is insane. Give him some fights. Forget about the titles. The titles will always be there. Joshua is a really good personality. He shouldn't go back with Andy Ruiz. Any boxing guy, a real boxing guy, would tell you that. Unfortunately, his promoter is not a boxing guy. But do you do you think if he does get in there and he does it this time that he bounces back? No, he'll never be the same. He could bounce back, he could beat Ruiz, that's mm-hmm. possible, mm-hmm. but he's never going to be the same. And fight, so much of boxing is mental, so the opponents will look at him and they will look at that fight and they will never give him the respect that he would have gotten before. But there's that aura of invincibility, that kind of, that you can break someone mentally, that, that it's there now, and they've, they've got a door in, they've got a doorway in. Nobody could beat Mike Tyson mm. until Buster Douglas mm. beat him. Mm. And then guys like Holyfield and so forth realized that they would have a good chance with Mike Tyson mm. because they weren't as intimidated. When Tyson became a professional, early on I was doing ESPN weekly shows, and Bill Caton had me book Tyson every other week. And they were all one-round knockouts because I'd look across the ring at the opponent and the guy's legs were shaking, you know, because Tyson had that built up that reputation. Once he loses and he's beaten, then that reputation is diminished and the fighters that are fighting him have a lot more confidence. Yeah, I was talking with uh, Tyson Fury about this earlier, and he was saying, like, Ali had that loss in 71 in the fight of the century at Madison Square Garden, but it wasn't like he was broken by Fraser. He was knocked down late in the fight. Uh, He lost on points, but he wasn't broken by it. And I think it's like how you lose, isn't it, very much? The Ali thing was totally different Mm. because Ali had lost three and a half years because of the draft situation, and he had only two fights before he fought Fraser, a fight where he cut Jerry Quarry and won quickly, and then the Oscar Bonavina fight, where people forget those are 15-round fight, the Bonavina fight. At the end of the 14th round, it was a dead-even fight, and Ali almost got knocked out by Bonavina in the eighth round and finally knocked Bonavina out in the last round. Now, again, a lot of that was because Ali hadn't fought for this period of time, and he had to get back. And more importantly, Ali realized realized that he would never be the same fighter, having lost three and a half years. The Ali before that, you know, was so fast, was a great boxer. Reminds me a little bit of Tyson Fury, the way he boxed. Afterwards, he realized that he couldn't box anymore. He wasn't that fast anymore. So he became a guy who would get in the trenches and fight and and he was trying that out in the Fraser fight when Fraser beat him in, in a, not a walkover fight. It was a fairly close fight and he knocked him down and in New York then you didn't get two points. It was one point. So it was like, you know, 
I think Fraser won that fight, won like uh, eight rounds to seven, nine to six. It was a it was a club fight, but Ali was again learning how to fight in his new style. So it was not a devastating loss in the same way that uh, uh, Joshua uh, loses. To a, I mean, a good fighter, but true, but honestly, an average heavyweight. I mean, you take, for example, Dylan White, who's not the greatest fighter in the world, a decent fight. You put him in with with Ruiz, who's the favorite, right? Probably Dylan White. Yeah, of course, Pulev, Kubert Pulev. You put him in with Andy Ruiz, who's the favorite? Probably Pulev. Yeah. Mm. So you can name maybe 10 guys mm. Mm. who you could put in with Andy Ruiz and would be the favorite. And then if you said, you, you, I could put 30 heavyweights, put him in with Andy Ruiz, and what's the chance that he knocks out any of them? And the answer is remote. So, again, whatever reason why Joshua didn't show up, the fact that this happened to him will affect the rest of his career. So you're saying even if he does beat Andy Ruiz and knocks him out senseless or or just knocks him out in the canvas in Cardiff late in the year, that there's, there's a chink in that armor now. There's a big chink in that armor. But can he be rebuilt again? Are those huge fights still out there with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, for example? Only if you're patient. And how it, what's do? You put him back in the ring, again, 10-round fights against other fighters, and you build them back up. Mm. And then he's still Anthony Joshua, and he's won four or five fights, and then you go for broke. But is there a problem here, Bob, in this much as the, the, the system that's been followed is that um, a new promotional um, broadcast network in DAZN were keen to have big names, and there was monopoly money available without the market being proven. And so everything he's done, he's been a work in progress and everything he's done has been accelerated. And because he's popular in the UK, because he won an Olympic gold, he's able to sell out stadiums and the mainstream see him as this physical Adonis. But maybe he's not seen the same way in the boxing world? No, that's not correct. If you asked me that question last Friday... Oh, you wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have said I said they they brought him along extraordinarily well. He's a terrific fighter. He's this, he's that. I wouldn't have said that anything to do with the zone or Eddie Hearn or uh, Sky Television. No. You know, you can't rewrite history. He was brought along very, very well, Mm. and people recognized him. Maybe he's either as the best heavyweight or certainly one of the three best heavyweights. But did we find something out then that we didn't know before in that in that in that much, or is it just things happen and things change and it's all about timing and who they're matched with and what's going on in their lives and you know the course of history gets changed by things, you know. Joshua was not in the ring on Saturday night. And that we don't was, really know why. That yeah. was not Anthony Joshua. We don't know why, mm. but it will have an effect on him as a fighter for the rest of his career, and it will affect the way his opponents view him. Because, hey, 
If Fat Andy Ruiz can knock him down four times, I'm a much better puncher. I'm a much better this. I'm a much better that. I can knock him down as well. There you go. We said this on the show, didn't we, last week? That he's got to be a little bit wary about rushing back into that rematch. But Bob says, I mean, that's a man that's in a lot of boxing, and he says that he's got to be wary. It's, it's going to be interesting to see if that's borne out, because it does look like the rematch is going to go ahead. But, you know, Bob's seen so many of these things, and that example of Lloyd Hunnigan and Donald Curry, um, where there's no way you'd have put Curry back in with Hunnigan again. He was never even the same again. So um, it's a difficult one, but, you know... Bob's so experienced and, you know, in that session I also um, had a chat with him about Tyson Fury and we're going to hear that on Saturday night, Adam. Mm. Uh, so make sure you come and join us. We've uh, got a new time to our show during uh, the football season, being out of season. Seven o'clock Saturday night, come and join us. It's a big, big fight night. We will be talking about Warrington Galahad, no question about that as we build up towards that fight. That'll be on just as we are finishing the show because it's seven till ten Saturday night. So seven o'clock, come and join us. We'll build up towards Warrington Galahad. We're obviously going to be in Las Vegas talking all things Tyson Fury. We've got weigh-ins and various things like that to get fantastic interviews from some of the world's best uh, uh, to come and join us on the show on Saturday. So make sure you do as well. Seven o'clock, Saturday night. Do not be late for fight night. We'll catch you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.